Hey everyone, this is John from pureandsimplebible.com. I hope you're well. I'm very excited to share this episode with you about how God answers prayer. My friend and one of my mentors, Glenn Osborne, is joining me today in the discussion. In fact, I drove up to Oklahoma City and recorded this episode with Glenn at his daughter, Sephra, and her husband, Matt's house, Matt and Sephra Schubert, and their studio. Uh, Sephra is a gifted musician and an audiophile, if I'm using that word right. She was able to give me tips on how to better record and prepare my podcast. And since I'm a wine man show, that is, I engineer and produce and voice each episode, and I really didn't go to school for any of this or have any experience in the past, uh, I'm going through the school of hard knocks, so to speak, and it's really good to get some uh, advice from her on this. So big thanks to Matt and Sephra for letting me proverbially sit at the feet of the master, and uh, to Glenn as well. Thank you, Glenn, for sitting with me for about an hour and recording this episode. You know, the podcast is slowly evolving more and more into what I want it to be. Uh, It is intended to be a conversation that the whole family can listen to. And while previous episodes have been scripted, I'm trying to make a more genuine or authentic conversation. And so this is the first episode where the conversation is rather extemporaneous, to use the word. That means it's not scripted, and uh, we just kind of talk about the topic and uh, consider the scriptures about it. So I think you'll like the result. So let's jump in to a conversation with Glenn Osborne about how God answers prayer. So I'm here with Glenn Osborne, and Glenn is a very close friend of mine. He's been a mentor for me in the past. He helped train me as an evangelist when I was but a teenager, and I'm very thankful for an opportunity to talk with you, and I'm going to shamelessly plug a gospel meeting that's coming up Uh, Very soon, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we're having a weekend meeting in the uh, Louisville Elementary, inviting a lot of the area congregations to join us there on the theme of Pray Without Ceasing from 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 17. So I guess, Glenn, I want to start with that to help help share, you know, that the meeting is there. That idea of praying without ceasing— for me, in the past, has been a daunting scripture because I think, well, how am I supposed to do anything else if I have to pray without ceasing? I mean, am I supposed to be constantly praying with God and I'm in the Walmart checkout line, and as she's checking out my potatoes, I'm saying, thank you, God, for those potatoes. <laughs> thank you for the... Right. How do I pray without ceasing in a, in a healthy way? Well, the the Bible enjoins the, you know, uh, consistency in all kinds of things. You know, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So we have a conflict. Am I supposed to be rejoicing always or praying always? Oh, you know, okay. and so you have this uh, conflict, seemingly conflict. Right. When in reality, it's just talking about our basic attitude and the way we conduct our life. Uh, whenever it talks about praying always, he's talking about staying close or drawing near to God and and uh, remaining with his counsel, remaining, you know, casting our cares upon him for he cares for us. So we pray about all kinds of things. We pray for wisdom to help in time of need. We pray for all kinds of things all the time. And I think just having that 
practicing the presence of, of Christ and God in our life is, is praying always. It's having that submissive attitude, recognizing that we're not in control, but we know who is, and we're willing to ask for his intervention and help and, and uh, you know, providence along the way. So, yes, the Bible does instruct us to pray always, but in Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, mm-hmm. um, it tells us that sometimes we're happy and sometimes we're sad and sometimes we're this, that, and the right. other. Well, we have to sometimes focus on other things, focus on our conversations we're having with others. So we can't be constantly praying and yet addressing the person that we're talking to. So I don't think that there's really a I understand that there may be a conflict there, but the idea really is of attitude. A great example I've heard in the past is from Exodus chapter 29, where they were supposed to be offering a, this uh, sacrifice continually. And that phrase continually makes you think they're going to always have a lamb on the altar. But then the verse talks about how in the morning and in the evening there was supposed to be this offering so that the you know this continual offering up to the Lord, well, it's only happening twice a day. And we shouldn't be so, you know, maybe dogmatic as to say we're just going to pray twice a day. But, but there's, again, that attitude of, of you're doing it in a regular, consistent way. Well, the Bible talks about being instant in prayer. Uh, and that means, I think, that suggests that attitude, that, continu- that con- continuity, where we're supposed to be responding instantly in our experiences, right. you know, prayer to God. Well, we've invited you down um, on Saturday evening, if anybody wants to come out on May the 26th. Uh, Glenn's going to be talking about how God answers prayer. That's kind of a very broad um, question, but I, I guess I would like to begin with it. Uh, are there some general ways that God answers our prayers? Is it? I mean, is it always going to be, I pray for something and then God gives it to me? I've interacted with some people that they felt disenchanted when, you know, they might say, God, I need a new job or God, I need this. And they don't get it. And so they think, well, obviously God's not answering my prayer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll take you back to an illustration one time whenever I was talking to my parents, my mother in particular, you know, and I asked her for something and I said, you didn't hear me. You know, I asked, I asked if you could give me this. And she said, uh, Glenn. Uh, no is an answer. Uh, yeah. and so sometimes whenever we uh, ask for prayer, it's kind of a genie in a bottle kind of paradigm where, you know, we just ask God and he gives it to us. And we put God in a bottle, you know, saying God will give me anything. But the Bible speaks about how that we need to pray, pray not to consume it upon our lusts. We can't pray for sinful things. Mm-hmm. You know, Lord, give me drugs, you know, give me... Right. Let me commit this sin, commit murder, or whatever. Or uh, we're un, we pray improperly. Uh, you know, Lord, you know, I want a car to hit my person, that person. <laughs> you know, we we shouldn't pray we got, for. We got some issues. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, those kinds of of things. Um, but God does answer prayer, and sometimes it's yes, no. Sometimes it's later. Uh, sometimes he wants us to work through things, and sometimes he doesn't stop things that happen. Someone gave a good il- illustration one time about the three Hebrew children being thrown into the fiery furnace. 
They may have been praying, help us escape the fiery furnace, when in reality the answer to the prayer was, I'll be with you in the fire. Mm. And so sometimes we have to recognize that God's not going to keep us from experiencing some of the consequences and some of the things that happen in this world, but he does promise to go through it with us. And so those are some of the answers that that we have to look forward to. And sometimes God uh, says yes. Sometimes he says, um, I'm going to give you something uh, different than what you ask for, you know, but I am going to give you a blessing, you know, but it's going to be different in a different form. Right. Uh, sometimes I'm going to do it uh, after, uh, in a while, maybe later, you know, after you've committed to this thing or whatever. And then sometimes it's just through, you know, going through it and uh, letting God work out his will and we have to submit to that. Sometimes it's for our growth. The Bible says the trying of your faith works patience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if we need patience, God says, I'm answering your general question for growth through answering later right now <laughs> while you're going through this. I want you to learn something. If I can jump in here, it reminds me when John the Baptist sent while he was in prison to Jesus the question, are you the the one who is supposed to come, or should we expect another? And behind it is that uh, I think the underlying question of, hey, I'm I'm here in prison, and you said that you were going to be setting the captives free, and you know I'm the captive ready to be free. And Jesus' response to him uh, is more of a, you need to wait, and you're not going to get exactly maybe what you want at this moment, but I have something better in mind for you. And then when the captors of John end up executing him, I'm sure in the moment he is not understanding or, or maybe uh, is in a little bit of an upset emotional state as he knows he's about to die. But God had greater plans for him in going to paradise instead of enduring in that prison and languishing there. His ministry was done. His, his job was complete. So Jesus said, you know, you asked for one thing, but you're getting something you didn't expect, and it, it's working out better for you in the end. Right, right. Well, that that brings us to the attitude of trusting God. Uh, when you say, does God answer my prayer? The answer is yes. God wants to hear it. He says, cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. Mm-hmm. Well, when we trust that, then we have to trust in the answer, no matter what it might be. Yes, no, later, or I have to endure this, or whatever it might be. Right. We have to trust that God gives good gifts to his children. God has our good will at heart. He is a God who wants what's best for us, and we just have to trust his answer. I see a pattern emerging here just from the couple questions we've asked so far that, it, that the, the attitude or the mindset that I have when I pray does matter, that I'm going to focus more on I have the blessings of prayer instead of what can I get out of this prayer. It makes a big difference. Definitely, definitely, because our expectations then are put on hold and we allow God to really do what he needs to do in our lives. But we have to trust his goodwill toward us as well. Well, what about the times maybe when it does seem that prayers go unanswered? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about when tragedy might happen or... Uh, you're fervently praying, and you have a great mindset and attitude about it. You're not selfish in, in your request. 
but it just goes completely the opposite way, and you you can't see God's plan in it. You know, uh, I guess help me understand when it seems like a prayer goes unanswered. Paul desired to go see some brethren at one time, and then he said, uh, but the Holy Spirit prevented us from doing this. And uh, yet Paul said, I have a continual desire to do this. I want to come see you, but I'm being prevented. And, and it, he, was, he was to come later at a, at a different time. And we just have to trust God's timing. Sometimes he does make us wait for a prayer to be answered for Abraham, Sarah, you know, God waited. Uh, sometimes he waits to show his glory in things. For instance, the two sisters were upset with Jesus because he didn't show up and save, That's right. you know, the brother. Uh, you know, he died and Jesus was waiting and the brother died. And then he came and something greater happened. He was resurrected and God, you know, Lazarus come forth. Right. And so... They didn't see that during the experience, during the time, but yet there was something that greater that came out of it, a testimony that we all find hope in, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. So what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is we have to trust God no matter what happens because we do trust that his will will be accomplished, and sometimes it's to accomplish something greater than what we expect. We have maybe an expectation that if I pray for it, then the natural laws or I guess the natural order of life uh, could be reversed. But maybe that expectation is not always placed correctly because, I mean, we're all going to die and we're all going to, I mean, we live in an imperfect world. Because of sin, there is pain, suffering, and death. I think about I think about how even those that Jesus brought back to life, like Lazarus, would die again. And so, uh, you know, we seek sometimes an answer that's going to prolong our life, prolong um, joy, or take away suffering when we live in a world that's not perfect. And so if our expectation is to remember that, then maybe we can better understand that God is answering a prayer through a delay or a no or a uh, just through the natural means. Expectation matters. I guess is well. Paul prayed three times that he he had a thorn in oh, the flesh in Second Corinthians twelve eight. Oh, that's a good example. And he prayed three times that it would be taken away from him. I'm sure Paul, who was very much into ministry and wanted to do things and wanted to accomplish things, had this continual thorn in the flesh, something that bothered him. We don't know what that was. But he said he finally learned something. God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm not going to take this away. And you you know, the answer is no. And so Paul had to recognize, and on that occasion he did, I will rather rejoice so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I think that that answer gives kind of an insight into the possibility that if God answered his prayer, it might lead to a stumbling block. It might lead to something spiritually where he didn't want to go. It might lead to uh, something he could not handle. And yet God knows what we're able to handle. God knows, and he, through his promises, has told us, I will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you're able 
uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 13. That's right. And so the promises of God are, are at work in this thing. And Paul prayed, I want this gone. And God says, no, so that the power of Christ may rest upon you. The implication is, is that if God had answered him, he may have fallen. He may have done something that he shouldn't have done. And, you know, whenever you talk about leadership in the church, sometimes a novice might be tempted by leadership to lead people away from Christ, and not intentionally, but just through ignorance and immaturity. And so what I'm trying to say is sometimes we ask God for money, when in reality we can't handle it, we're not handling it right. Uh Sometimes we ask for responsibilities that may be more for our hurt later on than, than our help. And we don't know all those things. It comes back to trusting God's answer and as to our limitations. Mm-hmm. And so, like Paul, God says no sometimes. I'm going to get the, own good. The, this paraphrase a little bit off, but the, the scripture that says, though he may smite me, yet I will trust him. You know, that, that idea of trusting in God no matter what is good. I got one final question for you, uh, and then we'll leave everything else for the gospel meeting. So everybody has to come and, and hear Glenn's message. Um, in James chapter 5, the scripture says that the prayers of a righteous man accomplish or availeth much. So help me understand that scripture. What, what are some things that are accomplished whenever somebody is praying for me or, or I'm praying for someone else? What, what are the things that availeth much? Well, first of all, we just need to trust that statement that, that prayer, we don't pray to a God who is so far away that he is not near, that we pray to a God who does answer prayer. We pray to a God that we are told to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And we're also uh, told to pray for open doors. We're told to pray for the leaders. We're, pro- we're told to pray for our circumstances, assuming that God can change those things, uh, you know, open doors to us, assume that he can allow us to continue to live quiet and peaceful lives. Mm-hmm. So God does these things, and sometimes he does them in weird ways, and sometimes he accomplishes his will around us, you know, uh, to accomplish something that he has in, in mind later on, maybe for others. Some of the takeaways that I'm getting well. from this, there's that pattern, that trust, the mindset and expectation that comes through prayer, that when I'm serving God and obeying him, uh, there's a joy in prayer. There's going to be a joy in any answer of that prayer and not a mistrust or a blame when things don't go my way. Rather, um, I'm going to trust in the promises that my prayers can accomplish a lot and that I can be helpful in ministry through prayer because the Bible says that I could be helpful. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. So by living faithfully and obeying God, I become an advocate for my brothers and sisters at uh, my congregation and around the world. And that makes me feel, I guess, uh, plugged in to the church. So I guess an admonition in closing might be for those who don't feel like they're apart and they're wondering, what is my gift? Man, uh, write down some names of people from church and start praying for them. Uh, or, Or... do what you can to to lift up people around the world who maybe you know are in a lonely place, you know, where the, the church is small and growing. 
and pray for uh, preachers and teachers and pray for people who are discouraged and people who are isolated and lonely and pray, pray for uh, people who, uh, older people who are growing weary in their walk and pray for those who have just begun and look at the what's expected of them to, as to be overwhelming. We need to pray for a lot of people well, how would you, in a lot guess, of situations. Uh, let me ask this. How would you remember them? Do you have any tips for, it seems like a lot of people that we could be praying for all the time. What's a good tip for uh, remembering that instead of, you know, you get in prayer and then kind of have a brain freeze of, well, I remember that guy or that girl. How How could I, how could I do it? Well, I, I do believe God wants us to be disciplined in prayer. And, and what I mean by that is I, right. I don't right. hesitate to make notes. Right. And so sometimes, you know, God doesn't say always pray with your eyes closed, you know, uh, especially if you're driving and praying. That's a, that can be detrimental. Uh, but uh, make notes of things that you need to pray for and people you need to pray for and situations and and the leaders of the land and all of these things and then we our prayers will be more effective they won't be so um just habitual mm-hmm. and and spit out and mm-hmm. words without meaning they they will have meaning because we are thinking and we're meditating on those the bible says ask for help in time of need at the end of hebrews chapter 1 and that means you pray at the instant and god will work in that instant so we need to practice prayer. We need to think about it, and we need to to have it be a, a, a spiritual discipline right. that is part of, of the way we live right. uh, in order to, for it to accomplish its purpose. But I don't know. Sometimes I go from thinking of, of young mothers and children and parents and families and then older <laughs> people. I go from the youngest well, to the oldest. It's, it's no less genuine. When you so, have it written down, it's, it's kind of a leading question because I, like you, I like to write things down, right. even in categories of, you know, I want to have a, a list of people who uh, are sick, and I love to scratch a name off, and then sometimes I'll go through that little notebook I have, and all the names have been scratched off in the different categories. It's a prayer of thanks. Thank you, God, that you answered prayers. This person's better. Thank you, God, you answered prayer. This person. Uh, you know, is back in the Lord's church after years of being absent. So there's just a lot of, I guess, uh, tricks and tips we can do to make our prayers meaningful and not uh, just that repetition of saying the same, thank you for our food, thank you for the day, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the meeting. I hope the weekend, being focused on prayer and a lot of different topics about it will help us as the Lord's people uh, be ready to pray more fervently and uh, that our prayers will avail even more than they have in the past. So thank you, brother. It's my pleasure. I am thankful for Glenn's heart and for a good conversation with him. I want to, again, invite anyone in the DFW area or those who live around and are willing to travel in to join the Denton County Church of Christ this weekend for a series of gospel meetings focused on prayer. It's this Friday through Sunday, May 25th to the 27th, 2018. And for those who aren't able to make it but are interested in the website and the resources that are available, I do invite you to go and check out pureandsimplebible.com. You can look at all the other podcasts, the videos, and the study resources that are yours to use absolutely free. And I'm serious about that. Everything is downloadable, and it's free for your use as the sole owner 
and copyright holder, I, I would even challenge you to read my copyright statement on the resources because it's specifically worded for your use, your free use. I want you to take these and, and share it with anyone. And so, until next time, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you.